0: working but it's not turned up very loud apparently oh
1: the, vo- the volumes are having changed really yeah that's weird
0: okay well there oh, there you go okay that's fine
1: is that better okay yeah
0: <laughs> i just hope it doesn't what did you turn it up about one eighth of an inch
1: yeah that's yeah, that's yeah. nuts
0: it's just a weird spot probably
1: yeah
0: welcome to the family with
2: doug though.
1: And sitting in for Andy, Cassie Schrader.
0: Andy's getting the Schwantz work done as we speak. <laughs> <laughs> He'll be real happy that I said
2: that. I'm sure he will.
0: I'm sure he will. In any case, Bonnie McKee, our special guest, up next with the family. What's the name of was it? Wally McCartney? Yeah,
2: Wally McCarthy Lindall Olds. <laughs> we get a great deal on the Delta eighty eight, you know. Cripes the coop, you know, I get the Landau top on her and gotcha. she's just good to go.
0: Got the Landau top, you know. Walls yeah. are out of the group. Walls are not coming duck sprint
2: though. That wasn't that long ago. Oh, I used to work right next door to them yeah, and they had that. Uh, that dang steel or that steam calliope that they'd play circus music on oh, all day long. Ago. God. It was just
0: awful. Oh, I couldn't deal with it. Couldn't do it.
2: Times have changed, and buying cars have changed as well. Uh, Walser to you is a process where you don't need to come into a dealership if you don't want to. We can come to your home or business if you're within 30 miles of the dealership, and you can test drive and take delivery and do paperwork right in the comfort of your own home. My good friend Tom Bernard experienced Walzer to you just last, this, this last week, oh. and I stopped learning how to talk. It was awesome.
0: Oh. I'm telling you, man, Doug, I'm sorry, but... You got J-Lo, you got Steve Collins, you got Doug Sprinthal. And what do you get out of that? The car you're looking for.
2: Eternal happiness. Gunga.
0: Eternal happiness. Lagunga. Badunga Lagunga. That's exactly right. Exactly <laughs> right. Uh, Otto Berditzman. That's your, your <laughs> out right there. Walzer Automotive Group, walzer.com. Ladies and gentlemen, we're rocking out there, no question about it. Mr. Mike Gelfand with us, of course, as he is every Thursday now, and our very special guest, Bonnie McKee. How you doing, Bonnie? Hey, you? thanks for
1: having me.
0: Uh, whoop, I can barely hear her.
1: I know. It, Andy says sometimes with the surface it can be.
0: Yeah, sometimes it gets a little low. Anyway, Bonnie, how are you? How are you? Yeah, I think she just disconnected.
1: I don't know.
3: She's still showing that she's on.
0: Oh, are you there? She's not on. Mm-hmm. Well, she can't hear me or something. Well, she hung
3: up faster than Andy Rooney.
0: Yeah, <laughs> she, Oh, Andy, that was a quick hang up, man. Remember that? How many years ago was that? How Mike? many years ago
3: was
0: that, Oh, God! Hello, 20? who is it? Yeah, it's got to be 20 years at least. Do you know about the? You guys oh, yeah. know about that one? You were listening that day when old Andy Rooney called in. Lasted about 10 seconds. Yes. <laughs> what kind of weirdo setup is this? Or what did he say, Mike? I can't even remember what
3: he said. Well, one thing I remember he said was. So it takes eight of you to do the show? Oh, that's right. It takes eight of you to do the show. Is that what it takes? So
1: is he kind of the equivalent of a male Shirley MacLaine?
2: Yes. <laughs> yes, <he laughs> is. Well, no. I mean, Shirley's a space cadet. She actually <laughs> oh, thinks yes. that she's on her 50th life. And, and you know. Andy's just a prick. No, yeah, when he's she... <laughs> just an a-hole. He's just an a-hole. That's yeah. the
3: big difference. Yeah, I kind of want to know it. You know, we all would... thought he was pretending to be a curmudgeon, but... <laughs>
1: No,
0: he was far
3: beyond curmudgeon. No, you're right. He was. We.
0: I thought he was pretending to be like that. No, he wasn't pretending. Turns out he was polishing himself up for 60 minutes. minutes. Yeah, (laughs) you were just
3: trying to play along.
0: Yeah, no question about that. You know that was back in the day though, when you could watch 60 minutes and they told the truth. Unlike every other news organization in the world, far left, far right, doesn't matter. Man, at least you could tune into that show, but you can't even do that anymore. They lie their ass off. How
2: would you like to have been a CEO and I don't know, pick a year, 1979, and you're sitting in your CEO chair, and the receptionist pages you and says the following, uh, Mike Wallace is in the uh, lobby and wants to talk to you. Oh, (laughs) God. Oh, God. You
0: know, a guy I know turned that in, as a matter of fact, Mr. Gelfand knows him well, too. His first name is Alan. I won't give his last name, but he had a business. And sixty minutes went after him, he turned it around yeah. on him and used it to market and made a fortune off really? of sixty minutes. Oh God, yes. Because he showed, well they
3: they just uh, they they talked about the guy as a as a vicious predator right. in a business that uh, you pretty much had to be a, a vicious predator. And uh, but I mean everything they said about him was right, but that was kind of the whole point. It's what the customer <laughs> wanted. Exactly.
0: It was a collection business if I remember correctly. Hmm. Yeah, yes, so it was. You, you kind of want a prick to be your collection guy, don't yeah. you? Otherwise,
3: yeah, you don't want a nice guy, you know, uh, calling you up and calling people up and saying, "God, I hate to bother you." But,
0: you know. <laughs> yeah, that's not gonna. You work. could
2: work for the casino with the heart. The Remember
0: that? Oh God! Yeah. Don't use the two words nest and egg <laughs> ever again. Yeah, that was a great movie. That was a fantastic movie. So, Mr. Galfan, what else is new in your life? What do you think about this game Sunday night, Mike?
3: Well, it's, uh, it should be a fun game. I think it'll be high scoring. Um, I think that uh, Cousins will probably rack up a lot of yardage. He can complete a lot of passes, uh, you know, assuming that the ones that are not intercepted by Trayvon Diggs might go for a good yardage. <laughs> they might, but he might but, pick up you, know, you're, you are You do kind of have to watch a, a guy who's intercepted seven passes in six games. God. So that's – that's he may be the real star. Of, of Forget about Prescott and Elliott and all the others, you know, C.D. Lamb, all these guys. Oh, they do have a ton of guys who can really hurt you. Right. But but uh, Trayvon Diggs might make the difference. No, it'll be a fun game. I, I think that it's uh, – it's, you know, it's pretty much a toss-up, I think. And uh, I think Dallas is favored by a point and a half or something. Well, that's it? Last I saw. Yeah, so it's – well, you know, it's uh, – you get something for the home field, that's for sure. Yeah, that's true. So I think it'll, I think it'll be a good game. I, I, uh, I don't, I, if I had to bet the game, and of course, unfortunately, I, I don't have to. Um, I, I would, I would suspect that, you know, I would, I would probably take the over. I think the over under is fifty five. Oh man. Yeah, which is a high number, but it's not astronomical. But yeah, I mean, they're going to be moving up and down the field. Ooh. So um, I think if uh, if the uh, coaching staff doesn't screw things up, the Vikings have a pretty good chance.
0: So you think they do have a shot out there again? Now, Dallas, what's Dallas's record?
3: Uh, let's see, Dallas—they they lost one game or two. I can't remember. I think they're, are they five and one? Does that make sense? That sounds right to me. Yeah, because they I have played six right. games. Yeah. I
0: think they're five and one. The Vikings are three and three and could easily be five and one, but they also could easily be one and five.
3: Yeah, we kind of we wind up saying that every year, don't we? Yeah, we do. Oh, is Bonnie ready to go?
4: Hi, I can barely hear everybody else. Though
0: here's Bonnie. Hey, Bonnie, how are you?
4: Hey, I'm good. How are you?
0: Can you hear me at all, Bonnie? Yes, I can
4: hear you
0: now. It was real quiet a second ago. So good. I, I just, I'm really glad you kept coming back, and thanks to. Uh, Thanks for hanging in there and being patient with us. We are just talking about, are you, a, are you an NFL football fan at all, Bonnie? Uh,
4: honestly, no. I do love watching the Super Bowl just like the rest of America because yeah. I love a, a story of people winning. And I always cry when they hold up the trophy because you know they worked their entire life for that. So I appreciate the sport, but I'm not a personal fan of football myself.
0: Okay, Bonnie, I want you to do me a favor. This is a personal favor I want to do for you, okay? and you might be too young to even know this, but but, you know, I got some size to me, you know, and got kind of an attitude too. So if anybody walks up to you and starts singing (laughs) Me and Bonnie McKee, I want you to call me, I'll come over and start choking them. (laughs) Perfect, thank you. I knew you'd have, do people annoy you with that?
4: People always just automatically think that my last name is McKee with a G. (laughs) Yeah, of course. Um, (laughs) You know what? I like being serenaded, so if you want
0: to serenade me, go ahead. No, no, I'm protecting you, Bonnie. I'm not going to serenade. You. I'm going to protect you. That's what what I'm going to do. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Bonnie McKee Thank with you. us on behalf of her award-winning short film "April Kills the Vibe," which will be screening at the upcoming St. Louis International Film Festival, Oscar qualifying, by the way. Festival site and schedule for the film you can just check it out at Narrative Shorts Drama Three Cinema St. Louis. So, Bonnie, tell me all about it. what What's the short film all about?
4: Well, it's a very dark comedy, I would say. Oh, um, cool. I made it in quarantine, and, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty dark. But um, it's the story of, it's a true story of when I was drinking a whole lot and recovering alcoholic, um, and I had a wild night out on New Year's Eve. Um, some stuff went down, and I called my friend the next morning to see what happened, and uh things get
0: things get ugly so that's what i'll tell you and, the, and you're going with april kills the vibe i like that so it, this is april's fault i like or is it the month of april uh it's,
4: it's a girl her name is april okay. yeah
0: but she's killing you but you had a good vibe going with the shweel and now all of a sudden she's being judgmental because you got too lit up one night is that what happened
4: in a nutshell, yeah. <laughs> uh,
0: yeah, I like it. Yeah. <laughs> this is terrific. Bonnie not only stars in the short film, she also wrote, directed, edited, produced, and scored. It is based on the true story of her assault in the throes of alcoholism and sheds light on the shaming and victim-blaming conversations. April Kills the Vibe, the name of the film. I should point out, by the way, that Bonnie Bonnie's written a tune or two it's done rather well, Bonnie. I'd like to hear about that as well, if you don't mind.
4: Yeah, um, I. By day, I am a professional songwriter. I wrote stuff for Katy Perry, Britney Spears, Kelly Clarkson, Christina Aguilera, uh, you name it. And um, I've been in music for 20 years now in Los Angeles. And uh, I just wanted. I was sitting around in quarantine, and I was like, I think we all were sort of reflecting, like, what am I doing with my life when you have a minute to take a break and pause? And I thought, what am I happiest? And and the answer was when I was on set making music videos. Um, and I love to act, and so I wanted to try my hand at writing, and um, I made a little short film. I didn't know anything about film festivals or you know, the politics behind that or anything, so I just kind of took a chance and submitted it to a bunch of film festivals, and I ended up winning 42 awards. <laughs> um, so it's nice to know that I don't suck at that.
0: That's nice to know you don't suck. Now, you've had eight number one songs, is that right?
4: Um, it's
0: 10 actually oh pardon me it it was eight this morning it was eight this morning but now it's 10.
2: I have a a question (laughs) for Bonnie if I may I'm curious uh being an amateur musician when they talk to people that are professionals when you write a song do you write the melody first or the lyrics
4: um it depends I have a notebook of uh context and titles And so, usually in pop music, there's a lot of collaboration going on. It takes a village to write a pop song. So I'll go in with a producer. They'll play me a bunch of tracks, and then I'll find a track that has a vibe and sort of match the titles that I have with the song. If it sounds sad, if it sounds happy, if it sounds like party, then I have like categories of different song titles and kind of apply it to that. Um, So it kind of goes both ways.
2: So you kind of you start with the title of the song. That's interesting. Really.
4: Yeah, a lot of times, but sometimes, you know, if I don't have any, if I've used up all my ideas for that month or whatever, then
0: I'll start with Melody and sort of fill in the blanks. You know, Bonnie, in my life, I I spend a lot of time thinking about where things come from. I talked to George Romero yesterday, of course, George Romero Jr., because George died a few years ago, but his son Mm -hmm. is now in the business, and I asked him do fright films do horror films come from us trying to find out what our true beliefs and feelings are why we feel the way we do where do you think it that bonnie mckee you yourself where do you get uh, is it a part of you that just coming out by writing music i mean melodies and all that stuff but writing words is a different deal lyrics are a whole different setup aren't they definitely and
4: that's lyrics are my specialty that's what i'm called in for a lot um is writing lyrics and in the pop world it's it's a fun challenge everybody always writes off pop music and like it's some superficial fluff and it's really not if you listen closer um it's i always try to get a real message underneath there and and have like a human experience in every song and um you know it's it's a fun challenge to try to write inside of the top box, because it is kind of limited what you, what words sing well, you know, you, we've heard them all, and there's a reason why certain cliche words have been in every song since the beginning of time, because they sing well. So I like trying to find a way to write something that's universal, to connect with as many people as you can, but that also has a unique spin where you haven't heard it quite said in that way before, you know?
0: Yeah, it makes total... one of my favorite of all time, and I do want to get back to your movie, obviously, very quickly here, but One of my favorite lines of all time is Alice Cooper, I can't even think of a word that rhymes. (laughs) I think that's a brilliant (laughs) lyric. I think that's just brilliant. I love that. (laughs) It's the greatest. So, Bonnie, I should should point out to you that uh, although I've never been diagnosed with alcoholism, I have not had anything to drink in about nine years now. And the reason for that is... Oh, wow. Oh, no, thank you. You know, I'm, I'm probably a little older than you, though, Bonnie. So, you know, you sound like you're about 16, 17. So, you know what I mean. But
4: be sweet. Thank you. I'm not,
0: I'm not, by the way. But thanks. <laughs> she goes, thank you. But I'm not. Uh, I was at the dinner one night with a bunch of friends. And we got a little bit of a, not an argument even, a discussion. And I shouldn't have done it, but I'd had a few drinks. And I said, oh, F you, in the restaurant. And the guy at the next table said, why don't you watch your language? And I grabbed my steak knife and said, either you shut up or I'll kill you. That was the last time you ever drank, Bonnie. Let me just point that out. So no matter what caused you to stop (laughs) drinking, it wasn't threatening to kill someone like me. So there you go. (laughs) (laughs)
4: Well, we all have our our different highs and lows, so you're human.
0: (laughs) Now, how long has it been for you, Bonnie?
4: Um, I'm gonna be 10 years sober in February.
0: So, and did you? Did someone? Come and it to... was the
4: best decision I ever made in my life. I'm yeah. I'm, I'm so happy. I was. I didn't think that when I stopped drinking that I would stop having fun, and it's quite the opposite. Like my life got so much simpler and clearer, and mm-hmm. I became so much more productive. And honestly, it's like a roller coaster, having to like stay in reality 24 seven. You know what I mean? Like anybody can get drunk and kind of escape. But when
0: you have to really face everything day by day, it's very punk rock, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, I could see that happen. So you're, yeah, I I love the fact that you're really glad. I I am also. I should uh, up front say that I I don't, you know, pine away for the days when I used to go drinking with my buddies and all that stuff. It was fun. Don't get me wrong. But that is the, you know, that's why I wasn't diagnosed as alcoholic because I gave it up and I haven't touched it since in nine years. I didn't, uh, you know. I don't go to meetings or any of that stuff, and I'm not saying people shouldn't do that. That's not right. what I mean at all. But a situation where I mm-hmm. I don't have the disease, I just was a bad drinker. There's a there's a big difference, and I don't think people
2: realize right. that. Yeah,
4: yeah. I mean, it's and you know it's not something you're necessarily diagnosed with. It's considered a self diagnosis. Uh, like no one else can really tell you if you're an alcoholic or not. It's something that you kind of have to look yeah. in your soul and decide. Like, is that is that what I am? You know.
0: No, I know exactly what you're talking about. I, I think it's really interesting that you, so you're older than 17, so I'll say you're 18. And in that one year, <laughs> you discovered, I mean, you can write music, you can write movies, you can, you can do it all. And the lyrics being most important. Did, did stopping the drinking allow you to look inside yourself and, and dig those words out a lot better? Did, did that help you a lot?
4: Definitely. And, you know, when I when I quit drinking, I was afraid that I was going to forget how to be creative. Like, I think for a long time, I thought that like, oh, like I, I drink and then I, I get I lose my inhibitions and I'm able to say the things that whatever. Right, that's right. Not at um, It really I was really able to focus. And also I had all of these years of trauma and like horrible things to draw from. Like, I don't need to live in a constant state of chaos in order to remember what that was like. So I'm able to better execute
0: my ideas and my art when I'm clear-headed. No, uh, you could tell me to just shut up, Tom, if you want, no problem. But was this, was it a family situation? Is there a history of alcoholism in your family or bad drinkers or something? Um, Yeah,
4: no, it's it's definitely a a family disease. And, um, yeah, it has run in my family on both sides, so...
1: Not a surprise that I ended up, you know, having a. Oop, did we
0: lose her? I have no clue. Bonnie.
1: sounded like something hung up, but
0: well, she had another eight minutes to go. I, that's too bad. <coughs> I don't know why we're having having the problem. Let's uh, see. I, I find her to be very pleasant. You know, what's amazing about that is she ten years ago decided to stop. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I think we might be back. Okay. He's calling her again, baby.
1: I wonder if the line
0: just keeps dropping. Yeah, Please hang up and try your call again. <laughs> if you need assistance, <laughs> yeah. dial the operator. Yeah, the line's just going bad. Is that Art calling her? Please hang up and try your call again. Yeah. It is know, Art. Was... To... <laughs> Art, are you on the line? No, I
1: just thought, because it's just. Oh, gonna... you disconnected? Yeah, I'm just.
0: Well, gonna... that's too bad. I thought she was terrific. Bonnie McKee, yeah. ladies and gentlemen, stopped drinking 10 years ago. Yeah, I'm going to call
1: Mike back, so. <laughs>
0: Oh, Gelfand dropped too.
1: Well, yeah, I had to hang up the call because otherwise we'd just keep hearing
3: it. I'll
0: Keep hearing. It. Try your call again, please. Oh, we got Mike. Back, Mike. I heard you're an alcoholic too. Is that true?
3: You know, I, I, uh, I'm kind of, I kind of uh, like you. Guys. See, I tried to be an alcoholic.
0: <laughs> we made, it. we made our best effort, Mike.
3: Uh, that was basically my high school years. Which were not happy years, and so yeah. I, I sort of envisioned myself as uh, I didn't. I didn't really dream about, uh, say, you know, winning the Pulitzer Prize for journalism. I, right. I dreamed about being an alcoholic on Skid Row, but <laughs> my dream never came
0: true. <laughs> it never, You never ended up on right on Skid Row. Hey, where Kai. you
1: belong.
4: Yep, sorry, oh, I, I could bring Bonnie back in.
0: Oh, that'd be wonderful. I love Bonnie. Hold on one second. We're going to talk about, We're going to talk about Mike. Uh, Mike, I want you to talk to Bonnie about this because I think that's a that would be a good take for her because I don't think most people are that honest about it, first of all. But, yeah, if you would, yeah. wouldn't mind talking to her about it, I, I, I'd love to hear you two exchange uh, ideas. Don't you think? Okay, Bonnie, on the line,
4: everybody.
0: Thank you. Bonnie McKee, I'd like to introduce you to Mr. Mike Gelfand. He's been a friend of mine for at least 35, 36, 37 years. And he was just talking about the fact... Well, I Mike... Think- let me just turn it over to Mike. Just, just say to me what, say to her what you said to me about about trying well, to be an first alcoholic. first,
3: let me say, I, I, have been a, I've been a fan of Bonnie since I saw Win a Date with Ted Hamilton. I mean, oh a little God. facetious oh, there, but I know you were in it.
0: God,
3: listen to you, <laughs> Mikey. My, my song that was in
4: it? Yes. Yeah.
3: So how did you, how did you wind up uh, b- being in the movie?
4: Well, I wasn't in "Win a Date with Ted Hamilton." I was in a movie called "August Rush," which I don't know if you've seen that one. That's Robin Williams, Kerry Russell.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, okay.
4: And uh, yeah, but um, "Win a Date with Ted Hamilton" was my first time having my one of my personal artist songs in a movie, um, so mm-hmm. that was my connection with that one.
3: So that kind of launched the whole thing. Um, it's a good. It's well, a good I story point. Just go along that. with it. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> but we were talking we were talking while you were in the in the uh in the nether regions of of the uh, digital world uh i was talking about my experience with alcohol which may be somewhat kind of mm-hmm. like yours it was i tried to be an alcoholic uh i thought it would be a good <laughs> escape from a life that i wasn't enjoying <laughs> people will find that strange uh, <laughs> yeah. and uh you know, this is like in my teenage years and then but I uh one day actually I turned twenty one and I was able to legally drink and I thought this is pointless. <laughs> so, so I didn't stop. Yeah.
0: <laughs> It's legal now, it's pointless. I like it.
3: Yeah, it's it's right. It was pointless. I yeah. I also quit smoking when I was eighteen.
4: There you go. There you
3: go. <laughs> and I and I I stopped having sex when I was forty, which is the beginning age for people in my family. So <laughs> I just gave up everything, you know, when it just uh, just didn't. It just seemed yeah, pointless. But no, yeah. But 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 it sounds like you you kind of I mean you were kind of the same way. Maybe Tom was too. You know, you're 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 trying to escape, and and you know you you get into a little bit of a rut. And the more you drink, the more you drink, and then one day you figure, this isn't doing it for right. me. Right. Yeah. If we're lucky, uh, and if we're not lucky, we we're we're. We have the addictive gene, and then we spend our whole life fighting it.
4: Yeah, and that's really kind of where April Tilted Vibe begins, is at at one of my many bottoms, one of my many rock bottoms. Um, So I wanted to kind of tell the story of uh, the aftermath Mm -hmm. of something that happens when you weren't conscious or there to even know what happened. It's a really scary feeling. So that was um, the first day that I realized maybe I had a problem not the first day but my my biggest bottom that I needed I knew I needed to, to change you know
3: yeah and there's that day when you wake up one morning and you think oh boy I have the whole day to do constructive things what the hell am I going to do <laughs> yeah
4: yeah the hangovers get pretty brutal after a while and it's like I'm tired of being sick all the time when I have complete control over whether or not this happens to me, I could feel great every day, but instead I'm choosing to like wake up at three o'clock in the afternoon and be like, what happened? It's just a terrible <laughs> thinking
0: feeling. You know? no, I understand that completely. I do. You know, what also worked for me, Bonnie, because I, I started drinking and smoking when I was 11. I quit uh, both drinking and smoking. When I was 21 and then took up the drinking thing for several years after I turned 30 again. But, the great mm-hmm. thing about all that is when i finally did stop drinking one of the things that really triggered it not only is the fact that i threatened to kill someone but the look that my wife catherine had on her face the next morning did it for me <laughs> i can tell you that
4: oh uh, yes <laughs> oh the same I, I'm about it.
0: <laughs> yeah you had the same experience well, you.
4: That's, that's impressive
0: it is indeed so april kills the vibe so when when can we check it out it's coming to the st louis international film festival oscar qualifying can we uh now it says here mm-hmm. you can schedule uh you can check the schedule of the film at narrative shorts drama three cinema saint louis is that the best place to find april kills mm-hmm. the vibe Bonnie? uh yeah and if you go to
4: the website april uh there's a whole list of other festivals that it's playing in um the thing that I learned about film festivals is that you can't release it publicly until you're done with the film festival circuit because people, you know, the festivals want people to buy the tickets, right. and it's so that it's exclusive to the festival. So you can go to the website and um, and check out where else it's playing. And um, yeah, I'm really excited for the St. Louis uh, Film Festival because it's, like you said, an Oscar qualifying festival, and that's a big deal for me because this is my first time ever doing film um so if i were to win something at this at this festival then i would be thrown in the Oscar pool so that would be amazing so go ahead and check it out and enjoy
0: no question (laughs) you ever been to st louis before bonnie i have
4: yeah i've I've toured a bunch so yes i have been
0: there okay i did there's a place beautiful city yeah there's a place called tony's it's a great restaurant what i love about it when you sit upstairs Mm -hmm. the maitre d walks up the stairs backwards Ooh, what do you think of that? <laughs> Pretty wow. impressive.
3: Well, it is St. Louis.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, that's true. It yeah, is. <laughs>
3: careful.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's
3: terrible. Bonnie? Maybe he's just trying to get a date for the night. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
0: maybe. <laughs> Bonnie, thank you so much for your patience and calling back. I'd love to talk to you again very, very soon. Keep in touch, would you please? I'd love another conversation.
4: Absolutely.
0: Thank you, Bonnie yeah, thank
4: McGee. you so much for having me. appreciate Absolutely. it. Absolutely. Enjoy. All right, have a
0: good one. We'll take a break. Be right back.
3: Bye. Hello, I'm Brad Huckle, President and Chief Lending Officer at North American Banking Company.
2: And I'm Mike Bilski, CEO at North American Banking Company, Bradley's partner.
3: As a locally owned and
1: operated community bank, we work with a lot of multi-generational family-owned businesses.
2: Take Raymond Auto Body of St. Paul, for example. Four generations of the Slomkowski family having successfully run the business.
3: When they were ready to expand, we helped them acquire a new building, allowing them to service more vehicles in their state-of-the-art shop.
2: We've also helped them set up the next generation of owners, keeping the business and family for years to come.
0: Tom here. If you want a family business like me or any business, you should be banking with Brad and Mike over at North American Banking Company. I know them and trust them with my banking. Every time I deal with them or their team, I know I'm working with experienced professional bankers.
3: Sounds like we really won you over, Tommy.
0: Well, let's not get
2: crazy, Brad. Seriously.
0: Why not bank with my banker, North American Banking Company, a better banking experience, member FDIC, and equal housing lender? As you know, my friend Mike Lindell has a passion to help everyone get the best sleep of your life
4: you were
1: in my shoes. Keep
0: on using me. Yeah. Yeah. Now we're there back. We
4: there we, are. we go. you use me.
0: Now. We're back, ladies and gentlemen, Mike Galfan with us, of course. Um I want to ask everybody on the show something here. So Cassie's here, Mike Gellfan's here, Doug's here. I-, I think that we should now, and I don't care if it's the far right, the far left, I don't care if what's your skin color, I don't know what it's. I think you should not ever be allowed again, ever, to say the words, racist dog whistle. What? what? Uh, everybody's got a racist dog whistle. <laughs> what is that?
2: Well, I <laughs> kind of know what it is. It's...
0: But not everyone is a racist, for Christ's sake. No, say. that's it, true. they got to calm down with this. Everybody's a racist thing.
1: It's just not true, no. right? No, it's not.
0: It's ridiculous. Well, I mean, Gelfand, yeah, it's a different <laughs> story, but, you know.
3: What do you think of that, you know, it's Mike? A, it's, just, it's just dog whistle now, too, of course. You know, it's been shortened. It oh. says these things always eventually become <laughs> short? No, it's just dog whistle? It's just dog whistle now, oh, yeah. Oh, God. So I if you it. actually have a dog whistle, you're just screwed.
0: No, Mike, and, of course, you know, Cassie and Doug, well, Do you think that we're just going to be angry forever? Uh, I I just, I do remember in the late 60s, uh, starting about 67, 68, 69, starting in 67, people were pissed off about everything, and everybody hated everybody, and oh my God, it was horrible. And uh, now we got it again, all these, you know, 50 years later, we're doing it again, that everybody's mad at everybody.
3: Well, there's just too much power and money to be made yep. pissing people off. You and, of course, are we learned crazy. that reading about Facebook the last few days. What is how, wrong? How they monetized anger. Yeah. And, and you know, that's pretty scary. Uh, they they uh, they weren't interested in, uh, well, all they were interested in was was making money. So, you know, if someone said, you know, we can help resolve disputes, they, they would have been laughed right out of the boardroom, right? <laughs>
0: exactly.
3: So if people liked, if people liked uh, something someone posted, that, kind of, that was kind of a meh kind of thing. Yeah, they liked it. But the Facebook people, they, where, they, where, the, where the algorithms really went through the roof, was when someone would, would respond by posting a, a Nazi salute or something. Oh, God. You know, that's the thing they would promote. Ugh. Because for making people pissed off, destroying the country, cleaving the country down the middle, yes. is, yep. you know, if there is a middle... Was, was, uh, it, was, it was something that would show up on the bottom line.
2: It's kind of brilliant when you think about it.
3: <laughs> yeah, except it's yeah. just horrible what well, they're I know. doing. Well, all corporations hatred. at their heart you know, are, are sociopaths.
0: Well, that's true. That's a very good point.
3: So they're not, they're not there to resolve issues. They're not there to make our lives better. Nope. Anything that makes them an extra buck, that's what they're there for. I just it, uh,
0: the one thing that has bothered me and Mike you know that I I 9 years ago said I'm going to get off social media 8 years ago I think it is now I do not want to be on social media anymore. I think my, my Facebook page is still used for this show. But you I don't went back
2: on it. Facebook for about 45 seconds a year <laughs>
0: 45 <laughs> seconds it took, and I literally had to tell three people, I'll come over and kill you.
2: You're the Puxatani <laughs> Phil of Facebook.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly.
2: Going back in a cave.
0: No, I, I just I can't believe that. Is it, and, and again, it's, this is a question for the three of you, are people that stupid that they fall for this?
3: No, so they're are they, just that angry.
0: But why are they so angry? I mean, everybody's doing well. Uh, we got, you know, ups and downs like every other country, of course, but America sucks and white people suck and white people are racist and this guy's horrible and this one's a- Calm down, for Christ's sake.
3: Well, the, the, the fact of the matter is that uh, I think around the world, but certainly in, in our country, everyone's graded on a curve. Yeah. So when you see that there are these people who are making a billion dollars or more a year, mm-hmm. people worth, people worth you know a hundred billion dollars, uh, I mean uh, I think that I think that Amazon is, is worth what probably about a million a trillion and a half these days. Yeah, it's worth a lot of money and, man. <laughs> yeah and, and you got you know Bezos doesn't pay a penny in taxes. I think that kind of irritates people, so that that's one thing, because, as I say, you're yes. you're graded on the curve and you know that you know you know, your life could be a little bit better if they just maybe paid a few bucks in taxes. So I think that's one thing. So that's that's the whole origin of, of class consciousness. Here, here's
2: yes, the and, weird, and then of course the, here's the weird thing. The weird well, thing about that was, is there's a lot of you know, lower middle class and poor people that are very conservative politically that think it's cool that they're not paying taxes. Bezos, I don't get
3: it. But on it's the other like, hand, uh, on the other hand when you ask those people and there are lots of lots of lots of surveys about this done by you know pretty pretty credible groups if you ask them, should billionaires pay taxes or more in taxes? The answer is a resounding yes. Yeah.
0: I mean, the problem I have with it is you cannot pin this on just one political party. Both parties have done. Matter of fact, almost every of politician course. has done it. I mean, why well, are sure. politicians let people do get away with this kind of thing and then turn around and go, "Oh, that's horrible"? Well, you let them do it. Money. Again, money. Oh, you're gonna you're gonna give me a lot of money for my campaign. So it's money, 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 money. Oh my God, it's disgusting.
3: And where does the money come from? From, Comes from the people who don't pay tax?
0: That's exactly right. 100% true. 100% true. I, I just really wish that we would get more control of our politicians and stop kissing their ass. And again, I don't care if it's left, right, center, whatever. These people are disgusting. I, they just yeah. are. Have they always been, you guys think?
1: Just yeah. bad
2: politicians. Yeah.
0: No, I'm talking about all politicians, not just. I them. don't know. They're all bad. But there's a few that aren't, but they're very, very few. <clears throat> you know.
1: Well, the ones that yeah, are, you know, are positive and good, they don't get a voice. No, they don't. That's, That's the problem. True. If they don't toe the party line, they're like, well, you're out. Then you don't get anything done.
3: So. I just think of I just think of how good and pure our country could be, could have been if Fred Thompson had. Come, President. Yeah, oh, absolutely. <laughs> get
0: off TV and come right to President.
3: Stop selling those reverse mortgages.
0: Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, it, Tom didn't Tom He Sella had the
3: gig him. before Tom Sellers? He did.
0: Yes, he did. You're absolutely right about that.
3: I, love, now, there's a product you can get behind. You know, it's a good product when the guy, the guy comes on with the testimonial and the, his first words are, now, I know you've heard that our product screws you and <laughs> destroys your life. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, it's just not true. Right. Yeah, that, that gets your attention.
0: Yeah, that's very, very true. There's no question. Well, first of all, would you buy anything because a celebrity sells it? Who cares?
2: Tom, Yeah. I... do you understand why we advertise on your radio show?
0: Well, I'm not exactly <laughs> a movie star, okay? I mean, Jesus. <laughs> You know, yeah,
3: I'm, well, Fred Thompson's a little different, than you know, and Tom Selleck. We're we're not Fred Thompson.
0: That, that's Tom true. Selleck. Fred's dead, isn't he? Didn't yeah. he die? I think I he is. Yeah. yeah, I think I think he died. <laughs> yeah, Mike. I, yeah, I just really wish that people. I, I, and the problem, the problem in my perception. This is just my perception on it. You've got both parties with filthy pig politicians. Again, there are some decent ones, no doubt about it, the decent people, but not very many. Uh, and these people all band together and they all get together and they they let the rich get away with paying nothing because the rich will give them money for their next campaign and they all apply uh, they all appeal to the dumbest human beings they can find that's what they do
3: that's the common denominator yeah it is you know i was once i was talking to some Journalism students. This is obviously a long time ago because there are no journalism students anymore. <laughs> yeah. You got that right. They, they don't teach them to write. They just teach them to, to post videos online.
0: Yes, right.
3: And yeah, and you wonder why they can't write a declarative sentence. No. And the guy said, well, "You know, morning show. How do you guys do it? Um, you know, you've you just you've become you know so so popular. You own the you own the market in the morning. Uh, what's your strategy?" So I, I, with a very straight face, I looked at the the guy, and I said, well, you know, what you do is we have a war room, and we sit down, and we we talk about the marketplace, and we try to determine what the lowest common denominator is, and then we try to get beneath it.
0: Yeah, exactly. And
3: and then the guy, believed me.
2: Well, it would explain all the live remotes from Irv's bar.
3: Oh, I love that! Yeah, well, hey, now wait a minute! I love the live remotes
0: from Irv's I bar, man. It was a dream come. On the corner
3: through. of down and out.
0: <laughs> the corner of down and out, ladies and gentlemen. I yeah I just uh, you know what's so amazing about that and uh, that's one of the thing I love about having Mike Gelfand back on the air with me is is. Uh, you know, And I don't want to use anybody's name because people did hire me, and they, it was nicer than to reach out, and, you know, it's a, some of the same people. But the very guy who decided to take the KQ Morning Show political, the very same person, I remember about six months later, he calls me in, in his office, and he says, Tom, you, you got to get away from the politics.
2: I'm like, what? It was your idea. It was idea. the one time in your career you actually followed directions.
0: Yeah, I <laughs> actually did what he told me to do. I to this day am getting burned for it. There's no question about that. But he had the balls in front of other people say, "You got to stop doing politics." I'm like, so Jesus,
2: w- remind me about what was that? Like early '90s?
3: Uh, was no. it Mike?
2: Mike remembers.
3: No, Mike, it, was, late it was more like early 2000s. Okay yeah late nineteen
0: nineties early two thousands you're right you're absolutely right, yeah
3: well, you know the thing was i um, I emerged from that i it took some heat but but I emerged from that uh you know just sort of um i don't know i I felt like a i felt like a burden had been lifted, although that may have just be, been because I had to donate one of my testicles
0: yeah, well, that's a burden, man, those things are huge, yeah <laughs> well, you tell me let me tell you when I was a kid, you know, yeah. <laughs> He's going, yeah, but you know we all may, and again I, there are only a couple of people that I hated that I worked with mostly in management but you know again they, they would do our managers like that in every business they'll tell you to do something you do it it goes wrong and it's your fault mm-hmm. what the hell is that it was your idea I did it because you told me to you're my boss that's why I don't have a boss anymore
3: I, I think get, we can mostly trace all the evil to the emergence of the dominant hedge funds. Oh, well, you got Look at how the hedge point. funds have managed to destroy the housing market. No, you're right.
0: You're absolutely right. And all they do is take and take and take and take. That's all they That's do. That's the whole point. It is the whole point. And I don't know why people can't see that. I just don't get it. I just, how much money do you need? You need more than $200 billion, do you?
3: Yeah. I oh, guess. Elon Musk, he was he was crying crocodile tears yesterday. They're going to text me. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> he, he was. This, I this, saw that. I love him. This is a guy whose net worth in one day, in one day, I think it was last week, his net worth went up something like a $136 million yes. in one day. It was actually
2: day. Monday, and it was a car story we're going to talk about in 20 minutes. Oh, God.
3: Good, yeah.
0: It's just, yeah. it's disgusting. I mean, the whole thing, I... Uh, Look, and if you, instead of buying politicians, so you can make even more money, maybe we could, you know, help people out with some of that big dough you got. What do you think?
3: Yeah, you that. know, we we could definitely do it. But then again, we don't want to cripple people by uh, taking away all their incentive to work. Yeah,
0: we don't want to take their drive away, Mike. Do we? <laughs> no, no, not,
3: that would take their drive away. If they could, if they could say prevent going bankrupt because of hospital bills, that would take away all their incentive to work.
0: Yeah, right, yeah. I guess so and I tell you another, the, the, the guy the figurehead for me right now is LeBron James that filthy pig that he is kissing China's ass at every turn they have slave labor and he's okay with that but of course he attacks the honkies in America on a daily basis you're a disgusting moron LeBron
3: uh, there's plenty to go around in the NBA oh
0: in every sport believe me
3: yeah I, and I having covered uh, the twins for a few years and having been a sports writer, uh, I can tell you that that most of the guys out there they're they're cool they're fine, but the guys who tend not to be are the superstars, as you know, oh, I don't want to yeah. go into the whole rod Carew era thing, but you know he was the superstar, and so yep. he got to act out and most of the guys on that team were, were great guys and uh, but you know there's something about uh, it's, and it's obviously it's not just money because in those days they weren't making that kind of money. but there's just something about being put on a pedestal that doesn't yes. bring out the best in people.
0: Now I, I'm going to repeat a, uh, we're going to recreate a moment from the KQ morning show <laughs> when they built the Metrodome. I'm on the air, and Mr. Gelfand shows up, and I said, Mike, you are not going to be happy today. And he goes, why not? And I said, because they named the street right behind the Metrodome after Rod Carew. And he said, what did they name it? And what did you say, Mike? Do you
3: remember? I said, well, they, what they, they should have named it Psychopath. <laughs>
0: I That's laughed right. for about a month. <laughs> because Rod Carew, is he still around? I well, think he's still he is. alive. He, you know, he had his is heart he? transplant. And oh, that's right. He did. Yeah. Yeah. He is one crazy son bitch. I'll tell you. Is that. he really? Oh. To ask Mike.
3: <laughs> well, he, those days, he—he, he, uh, the thing about Rod Carew that, and I, I did have, there were some things I had in common with him. We were just about the same age, and we were both really pissed off.
0: Yeah. And, oh, that's true. And yes. you know,
3: when you when you find someone who's like twenty-four years old. And they're really pissed off. It probably goes back to goes back to the family, right? Mm-hmm. I grew up in a very angry family, and I'm sure Carew did too. I saw bits and pieces of it. yeah, and uh, it takes a while to get over that, maybe forever for some people. It didn't take me forever, but it it does take a while for you to have that insight that this is actually not doing me any good.
0: You know what's amazing about that is I just went through an ordeal earlier this week. Uh, can you name one person in America that doesn't have a daddy problem? My God, there are a lot of daddy problems in America, aren't there?
3: You know, I, I actually know. yeah, you I got along, along with, with my day. dad pretty well until he had uh, dementia, but it was right, with my right. mother not so much.
0: You didn't get along with your mom all that well.
3: Well, you know, she she um, she was she was classic depressive the depressive gene ran through her family and uh, and the thing is I don't think I, I don't know what life would have been like for her if uh, if her dad hadn't been killed by a drunk surgeon when she was eight years old oh Jesus but I don't think she had much of a chance after that Why would and you... I'm glad I'm around but I but I would also say ideally if she was not someone who Probably not someone who should have had children, you know.
0: So, Mike, why would your mother mm-hmm. go to a surgeon who's not a Jew?
3: Well, it was it was it was it was her her father. Her mm-hmm. father was uh, thirty years old at the time. Oh, and they were living in the ghetto. The ghetto, of course, meaning North Minneapolis. So, a Jew couldn't go to a real hospital. Well I mean, it Queens, would be it would be another twenty years before they'd allow them into a real hospital,
0: so they wouldn't you couldn't even get it because Mark Rosen was born in Queen's Hospital right there on glenwood and and Penn.
3: But yeah, the, I was born in maternity hospital, which was in the same same area, yeah,
0: yeah, same yeah, same I might have been the same hospital actually, but and
3: some of them were pretty good, you know, but but they weren't all. And if you were lucky, of course, you know, like women actually, in many ways, things worked out really well for them when they gave birth because, Instead of having stupid doctors who didn't wash their hands, they'd get midwives who knew about, knew about things like that. Yeah, well, But my, my grandfather, who I've obviously never met, um, he, uh, he, had an append- he needed an appendectomy. And so he went to this C.D. clinic, and I don't, I, you know, there's a lot of details that I'll never never know about. But right. the, the surgeon was drunk, and he uh, dropped the scalpel.
0: Jeez, uh, the reason I Doug's still looking at me. The reason I said it that way is because I've never met a Jewish doctor in my life that drank a lot.
3: <laughs> that just no. doesn't happen. No, but you know, as I've said, it used to be when I was when I was uh, in my formative years, it used to be ah, uh, you know, you, you're looking for a doctor, you know, you you got to see Doctor Epstein, you know, and, yeah, yeah, and hey, I think yeah. Goldberg's taking a new patient. So, <laughs> now, now it's you know what. I hear Doctor Patel is seeing right. the patient.
0: that is true. Yeah, you're it's right true.
3: Indians are the new Jews,
0: but not big drinkers either.
3: Both. No, absolutely not. No, they uh, not. Either. But but uh, typically, great great doctors. Yeah, well, I so still, I you know. And I and I am I'm a little prejudiced because it was a, as you know, it was a Jewish urologist who spent hours trying to kill me.
0: Did <laughs> he do it? Yes, oh, it's true.
3: I, he did everything he could I, to kill me. <laughs>
0: But you made it, Mike. You made it. That's all that matters.
3: All, all he needed was a smaller stint, but no.
2: Didn't. <laughs> but no, nope. just had to use the number five.
3: He <laughs> had to use the number, f- the double J five. Right.
2: Yeah. Normally reserved yeah. for horses, but it's
3: all we
0: have. So, so Mike, I've been. Hey. Getting the, we've only got one minute left in this particular segment. And then we're going to do car selling secrets, and Mike is on for that too. But I have many, many people asking me, and, and you just give me the honest answer. Uh, people ask me, "Do you think Mike will ever get up before ten a.m. again?"
3: Um, I, I do, but it's it's not pleasant.
0: Because <laughs> they they want to know if you're ever going to appear on the KQ Morning Show. I said, uh, "Yeah, maybe at like 9.53. <laughs> yeah, that, that,
3: that would probably work. No, the problem is, I I may be up, but I'm probably unintelligible at that hour.
0: Do yeah, you mean like me? So the, the entire yeah, morning Yeah, same thing. Yeah. Same story. No,
3: it's it's uh. It's uh, after 25 years without sleep. I don't know how you do it because I went 25 years without sleep. And uh, it just didn't work out that well for me. You know, there were things like cluster headaches and yeah. double vision. And, yep. and uh, certainly certainly, a lot of depression. And uh, it just, just generally things just didn't go well. And everything got kind of worse and worse. And finally I just decided I- I'm going to sleep now.
0: Yeah, I don't blame you. We have to take. One day a, you get
3: up and you just roll over and say, "Yeah, I don't think so." I'm done. No, t- I know.
0: <laughs> we'll take our break here. Come back with hour two, which is, of course, called car selling secrets. Yeah, baby. We actually are
2: going to talk about cars with some actual people that sell them to me. It should be fun. I like that they sell yeah. cars to me. That's yes. a good thing. We'll be right
0: back.